0: Endocrine disruptors are harmful substances found in our food, our water, and in many common products, things like your body care products, candles, cleaners, and they're in our environment. These chemicals can disrupt our hormones, things like estrogen and progesterone, creating potential health risks, significant risks.
1: Welcome to This Functional Life, a show for women just like you who are ready for more health, vitality, passion, purpose. We're gonna deconstruct norms, uncover your deepest desires, harness your physical and mental health, and peel back the layers to uncover exactly what you want out of life. I'm your host, Betty Murray, part geek, Heart magician and your new medical bestie with a dash of sass. I love taking complex science and making it easy to understand and integrate into daily life. Join the journey to make this chapter the best ever. Let's get thriving. Welcome to this
0: functional life. So today we're going to talk a little bit about endocrine disruptors, and specifically we're going to go over the top twelve. There are a lot more endocrine disrupting chemicals in our environment, but we're going to talk about these top 12. Now, what really is an endocrine disruptor? Endocrine disruptors are harmful substances found in our food, our water, and in many common products, things like your body care products, candles, cleaners, and they're in our environment. These chemicals can disrupt our hormones, things like estrogen and progesterone, creating potential health risks, significant risks. And avoiding endocrine disruptors by possibly shopping smarter and selecting products that are missing these ingredients can do a lot to help you now endocrine disruptors have been associated with everything from cancer to fertility issues to acne to autoimmune conditions you name it and there's no end to the concerns about endocrine disruptors you know sometimes they actually increase the production of certain hormones other times they may decrease the production of different hormones and in many cases, they imitate hormones actually re- occupying the receptors and throwing off the body's natural function. And they can also tell cells to prematurely die and or compete with essential nutrients that are required for other things and even bind to hormones and accumulate in organs, especially the organs that produce hormones like your ovaries and testes. So let's talk about these major endocrine disruptors. So BPA is. a a mimic to estrogen. What's interesting is BPA was originally designed to replace a drug called DES. And DES was used in the 60s and the 70s, um, maybe even as far back as late 50s. And it was designed to help women who were struggling to get pregnant, to help them with their pregnancy. And it did just that. It actually helped women who were at high miscarriage risk carry their baby full term. Unfortunately, Children that were female that were born to women that were taking DAS were actually infertile. So it causes infertility in the children of women taking the drug, the female children. So BPA was originally designed to replace DES, and lo and behold, after it was actually unleashed in clinical trials, they found, gosh, it does the same thing. So while it mimicked estrogen and may have affected the estrogen pathway, it actually tricks the body into thinking it's the real thing, and it is equally as disruptive. So here's the thing. So BPA has been linked with everything from breast cancer to almost all other cancers you can imagine. Um, reproductive problems in both men and women, obesity, early puberty, heart disease. And if we were to test you, at least 93% of people will have detectable levels of BPA in their body. Now, BPA, where do you find it? The first thing is BPA can often exist in things like plastic water bottles. Many of your manufacturers have removed BPA from it because as a chemical compound, what it does is it makes plastics more malleable. So it's actually used within the plastics to help mold them into things. And so how do we avoid it? So we avoid things like canned foods. So the actual kind of rubbery coating that's inside a can may contain BPA those receipts that you pick up from thermal printers in in stores actually contain a large amount of BPA. And then things like plastic papers and plastics, if they have polycarbonate and recycled label number seven, not all plastics contain BPA, but many do. And it's better, safer than sorry, because the truth is all plastics leach chemicals into your food It's just some are more damaging than others. So when you can, you want to avoid using plastics and use things like glass or Pyrex, stainless steel, and other sustainable products that are also not throwaway. Because the other thing we look at is the level of plastics and the disposable culture we have and the destruction on the planet, which is a whole other conversation. So we want to avoid BPA. And When you want to find out more about BPA, you can also look at the environmental working groups. Additional pages on BPA because that can help you figure out what you want to do. Let's talk about dioxins. So, dioxins are made from industrial processes when chlorine or bromine are burned in the presence of carbon and oxygen. So, dioxins can disrupt the way um, male and female hormones work and the signaling in the body. And recent studies have shown that even low exposures to dioxins in the womb, so in a growing fetus, can cause both prematurely uh, affect the sperm quality and also sperm count in men during the reproductive years. So exposure to a baby, not even a baby, it's a fetus, in development can actually affect the male fertility later in life. So dioxins live for a long, long time, so they perpetuate in the environment. And they build up in the body. They build up in the food chain. So it's in our waters, in our soil, in our powerful carcinogens. So they are cancer-causing. And they obviously affect the immune system and the reproductive system. So here's the thing. It's very difficult to to avoid these completely. Um, The industrial release of dioxins has happened for decades. And it's widely contaminated. So you know, our animal products, things like meat, uh, milk, eggs, butter, fish, are most likely contaminated because it's contaminated in the water and the feed that's given to the animals. And so many of these toxins also perpetuate in fat. They're what we call lipophilic. They love fat. So they live in the fatty items of other animals. So obviously like butter and milk, that's going to contain the the fat in it. And then obviously the animal tissues are going to contain it. But don't think so fast that if you eat vegetarian, you are also safe from these chemicals. Because they perpetuate in the water and the soil, we are going to have them in other things as well. And organic helps because that means that the farmer is doing everything they can to reduce exposures, but it doesn't mean we are completely void of exposure. Atrazine. So atrazine is a highly toxic chemical. And for one thing, it has been noted that it actually has feminized frogs. So what that means is is they found atrazine in water supplies and they found frogs that even when they were exposed to very, very low levels of the herbicide, it actually turned male fogs into females and they even produced completely viable eggs. So it is an extraordinary endocrine disruptor. Atrazine is used on corn crops in the U.S. and is pervasive in the drinking water, particularly in corn producing crop areas. And consequently, it's, it's contaminated a lot of our water supplies, probably if not all. And if you look at atrazine, has been linked to breast cancer tumors. It affects puberty and prostate health in animals and humans, and it has been linked to prostate cancer and other cancers. So you want to get organic produce. Again, that's kind of a given. From this point forward, every time you can get organic, you want to try and get organic. And if it's homegrown and organic, even better. Drinking filtered water certified to remove atrazine. And actually doing things like distilling water, so taking a filtered water and then distilling it actually removes even more of the chemicals because the distillation and steam process helps remove some of these other toxic chemicals. That can help as well. Phthalates. So phthalates are in our body act as a signaling molecule. Studies have shown that chemicals like phthalates trigger what's known as a death inducing signal. In testicular cells, it makes them die early. So, phthalates actually tell our cells, and particularly reproductive cells, to die early. So, men that are exposed to phthalates, particularly high levels of them, have lower sperm count, less mobile sperm, and birth defects are common in the male reproductive system when they've looked at these in animal studies. It's also associated with thyroid irregularities. So, um, hypothyroid is definitely going to be a part of that picture, and obesity and diabetes. And so, phthalates are a massive endocrine disruptor. And this, again, is going to be found all over the place. So plastic food containers, anything in plastic wrap or made from PVCs is going to have phthalates in it. Personal care products often contain phthalates because they help the fragrance that may be added or they act as a fragrance and they help it stick. So your candles that are scented, your Febreze kind of spray stuff that stink up your house, All of those things are going to contain large amounts of phthalates, and you have to be very careful. So you want to avoid products that list things that say fragrance, because this is a catch-all phrase that often means hidden phthalates. And you want to really, really check your personal care products. And again, I really lean on the Environmental Working Group's Skin Deep website where you can actually dig in and look at these different products and figure out what has the safest products out there because you really want organic and chemical-free because it is going to cause major endocrine disruption. Perchlorate. Perchlorate is rocket fuel. Mmm, just something I want to eat. So perchlorate is a component in rocket fuel and it contaminates a lot of our produce because again, it is in the water supply and especially animals that drink contaminated water. So if we're drinking milk or having dairy, we're going to have higher amounts of it because it's going to be in the fat. When perchlorate gets in your body, it competes with nutrients like iodine. And it will bind and keep iodine from working, which is very important to the thyroid gland. So this means if you have too much perchlorate that you're ingesting, it's going to affect thyroid function. This is obviously really important to metabolism, but this may be an underlying cause of thyroid dysfunction, which is at an all-time high. It is also really critical um, to developing children's brains and nervous systems and organ developments. And so it's important to have this out of our environment. But again, once it's in the soil and the water, it's very hard to get rid of. Again, it's going to be hidden in your water. So you want to have a filtration. And again, I like distillation also. Um, As for food, it's almost impossible to reduce it completely out. But again, if you're doing things like getting organic and avoiding foods that may have been overly exposed to it, that may help. And we have to to make sure that we're getting enough iodine, not too much, which is really a conversation for appropriate thyroid management. We want to make sure we're getting iodine in our diet that's adequate, but we don't want too much because too much or too little can affect thyroid function. Getting a little bit of natural iodine, and sometimes you can get that from like Himalayan sea salt that has been iodized. I prefer to get it through other iodine sources like uh, nori chips and other things where we can get some natural iodine through food. All right, let's go on to the next one. Flame retardants. Flame retardants are exactly what they sound like. They are chemicals that we put on products, um, particularly things like furniture, and that is designed to keep those things from burning easily. However, flame retardants are major endocrine disruptors. And when we look at it, these chemicals, like the polybrominated diphenyl esters or PBDEs have been found to contaminate people and wildlife and all over the world. These chemicals imitate thyroid hormones so they can mess with our thyroid and disrupt their activity. And we know from studies that a a major exposure to fire retardants um, results in a lower IQ. It has also been related to SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. And so these flame retardants are dangerous. And many have now been phased out because of the danger, but that doesn't mean that toxic fire retardants aren't out there. And so they're going to be persistent because they're going to be out there in the environment persisting. So it's almost impossible to get all of these out of the way. But if I'm doing things like using vacuum cleaners with HEPA filters, I'm buying organic bedding. I'm trying to reduce toxic laden dust and other things. You know, avoid, you know, I'm all about upcycling, but you know, if you're looking at vintage furniture and things like that, you may be getting reupholstered and foam furniture that has quite a bit of these flame retardants still in it. And be careful about old carpeting or remodeling. I've remodeled, I don't know, I guess three or four homes now. And when you're pulling up old carpet and other things, and particularly the padding underneath, you're going to get a ton of exposure potentially to those flame retardants because they were used pretty heavily and still are. Let's talk a little bit about heavy metals. So we're going to talk specifically about lead. So lead harms almost every organ in your system and the body. And it's been linked to almost anything you can think of from brain damage, lower IQ, hearing problems, miscarriage, premature birth, kidney disease, high blood pressure, and nervous system problems. Few people realize that lead could be affecting our body and disrupting our hormones. Lead has been found to lower sex hormone levels. It also disrupts hormone signaling. And it also affects the hormone signaling, particularly the stress system the hypothalamic pituitary axis. And most of us have, let's face it, a lot of stress anyway. So the last thing I want is something that's gonna make it harder for my body to deal with it. Lead also gets stored after exposure in your bones. So all of the heavy metals have affinity for particular body parts. So for instance, lead often gets incorporated into bone, mercury gets incorporated into fatty tissues like the brain. So one of the things we often see is as a woman goes through menopause and if she hasn't corrected hormonal imbalances by taking bioidentical hormones, we see an increase in bone loss, but we will often see an increase in mobilized lead out of the bone as that bone loss occurs. So how do we avoid it? So a lot of the exposure is actually old paint. So for those of us that were children of the 70s, there was a lot of lead paint in our world when we were kids. And so the breathing of that lead dust can be part of it. Obviously, if I work in a chemical environment that may have leads uh, exposed, that would be important. But being really careful if you have an older home and you're doing remodeling and things like that to really take care and also avoiding water that may be contaminated with lead. So that goes back to filtering and distillation as well, because that can really help. So what about other heavy heavy metals and other toxins? So if we talk about mercury, so mercury um, is naturally occurring, but it is toxic. So mercury naturally occurs in our environment, just like lead does, but at a much lower level. And when it gets into the air and the oceans, um, mostly through coal burning, right? We've been pumping coal smog into the environment for hundreds of years. It ends up on your plate and in your water and in your food because it ends up in the water and so mercury we know um is toxic and women in particularly who are pregnant are at the greatest risk because mercury metal concentrates in brain tissue so especially fetal brain tissue is damaging most of our current exposure to mercury is is through fish especially your bigger fish your swordfish um your um you know, large fish, even things like salmon, because all of our waterways are toxic. So if a woman is pregnant, we don't recommend eating a lot of fish. Tuna, tuna is is very, very contaminated because it's a big, giant fish. And so they've been in that water for a long long time swimming through it. Um, So what else does it do? So it binds to directly to particular hormones that affect menstrual cycle, ovulation, and mess with that cycle activity. When we look at mercury, again, it stores in fat cells. So often when we are losing fat, if I'm not addressing the mercury levels or the toxicity levels of what we're dumping out of the fat cell, I'm actually going to have a a greater burden. And so when they've done studies looking at toxic excretions, when somebody is losing, losing body fat, we actually see this extraordinary uptick in toxins being mobilized because that's where we hide them. Mercury's also been shown to play a role in diabetes because it also affects the pancreas that produces insulin. If I want to eat sustainable seafood, I want to eat things like salmon, ideally wild caught in season. Your smaller fish, things like sardines, mackerel, and even anchovies are even a better choice because they are smaller. And so therefore they haven't been swimming in the cesspool that we call the ocean today. So doing those things are great and actually doing things like trout as well are better. Now, let's talk about another thing, arsenic. Right Now, we mostly think about arsenic as some really good Agatha Christie kind of stuff. But this toxin is lurking in our food. And if you eat enough of it, it can kill you outright. But in smaller amounts, it can cause things like cancer, particularly skin, bladder, and lung. And arsenic also messes with our hormones as well. It can interfere with hormone functioning, particularly your cortisol, cortisol and glucose metabolism area, the glucocorticoids, and regulates how your body really manages the sugar and carbohydrate content. You know, so if we've been exposed to arsenic, it either means that we may have significant weight gain or weight loss. Um, we may also see things like protein wasting. So a loss of, of lean muscle mass, immunosuppression, and even insulin resistance. It's associated with osteoporosis and high blood pressure, and even in small children, it affects um, the growth trajectory. So in many cases, it's again going to be exposed in water. One of the things that's very concerning about rice in particular is rice that may be grown, particularly overseas in water that may be contaminated, is actually a fantastic absorber of arsenic. And so if we're not eating organic rice, we may also be getting some exposure to some rice that has absorbed arsenic, particularly if it's coming from overseas. Okay, so let's go on to the next one. the perfluorinated chemicals, PFCs. These are used to make nonstick cookware, right? So nonstick cookware is toxic. And, you know, especially in the 80s, I remember when this stuff came out, everybody was getting it because, you know, it looked like, hey, the most awesome thing since sliced bread. I can cook almost anything and it won't stick. These chemicals have major endocrine disruption activities, and almost all of us have some detectable level in our body. One of the most notorious one is the PFOA, and it's completely resistant to biodegradation. So what that means is it does not break down in nature. And this chemical has been banned, but that means even though it has been, it's still everywhere. And this has been associated with, again, endocrine disruption. We see lower sperm counts in men. We see miscarriage low birth weight, kidney disease, thyroid disease. Cholesterol levels are also altered. And what we're trying to do is figure out how to get this out of the environment. But animal studies have also shown that it can affect your thyroid and sex hormones as well. So if you own nonstick pans that have that sort of coating on it, you need to get rid of it, especially if that coating has any damage to it. So skip those and do a different type of pan. Definitely like stainless steel. I love those. Even some of your ceramic pans and other things are a much better choice. Let's talk about the organophosphate pesticides. Guess where that lovely product came from? Our happy friends, the Nazis. So the Nazis created organophosphates in huge quantities to be used as chemical warfare during World War II. They never used them. But after that World War ended, American scientists used the same chemistry to develop pesticides that targeted what? The nervous system of insects. And, you know, the interesting thing is we see, obviously, it has been shown to affect things like brain development, nervous system disorders, behavior, fertility. It's still some of the most common pesticides used today. Of course, we allowed it to be used in the United States because all they did was water it down compared to the toxic levels they were going to use to to basically poison people in Nazi Germany. So when we're looking at these organophosphate pesticides, we want to avoid them. So you do not want to be living on a golf course or next to a large green space area where they might be using these. And you don't want to use them on your own lawn. And what's interesting is if you're a carrier of the PON1 gene mutation, which many of us are, we don't detoxify these at all, meaning we can't get rid of them. So you want to be careful about A, where you live and what you're getting exposed to. And B, you also want to be very careful about the foods that you eat. And again, avoid pesticide as much as possible. And again, I use the environmental working group because they come out with their dirty dozen and their clean 15 every year telling you which crops had the highest level of these toxins on it. Now, we also have glycol ethers. All right. So glycol ethers are endocrine disruptors that have been found in things like solvents and paints, cleaning products, cosmetics, because we just need it in cosmetics, things like brake fluid. Well, guess what they do? So we know that they shrink testicles. They may damage the fertility of an unborn child. We know when they study people who paint for a living that those glycol esters lead to blood abnormalities, lower sperm count, and we see even um, some cognitive decline in function. And children who are exposed to these chemicals from paint in their bedrooms often have substantially more asthma, allergies, and other things. So these endocrine disruptors are pervasive as well because they're used all over the place. And then this brings me to the last one I'm going to talk about today. Let's talk about our old friend Roundup. Now, if everybody's been paying attention, there was a huge court case where a gentleman was awarded an extraordinary amount of money for his exposure to glyphosate professionally. So glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup, which is the third most commonly uh, reported use of pesticide and most commonly reported cause of pesticide illness, is used pervasively in and around the United States. Glyphosphate um, is the most commonly reported pesticide illness among uh, maintenance workers. So if we see people that work in uh, lawn care maintenance, we see a significant amount of injury to workers because of that. So glyphosphate is suspected of causing genetic damage. It's acutely toxic to other animals, things like fish and birds, and can kill beneficial insects and soil organisms, which affect our ecological balance. So if we change the microbiome and the soil organisms, that changes ours. Lab studies have also identified that glyphosate-containing products have high toxicology uh, toxicology reports. So glyphosate residues can hang out in soil for years. Um, it's been found in everything from strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, lettuce, carrots, barley. It's interesting that it's been measured 1300 to 2600 feet away from its application site. And when we look at glyphosate, it is pervasive in our environment and destructive. Let's talk a little more about glyphosate because I think this is an area that gets a lot of misinformation because of the deep pockets of Monsanto. So glyphosate also disrupts the uptake and transport of essential minerals, things like copper, zinc, selenium, iron, molybdenum, phosphorus, both by chelating these minerals from plants and disrupting the uptake of minerals in the human body. So that means that I'm not going to have those minerals to help my body function properly. It also impairs the sulfate supply to tissues. And sulfate is really important to detoxification. And it's part of the toxicity to humans when we can't sulfate um, toxins to help their excretion in the body. It inhibits enzymes that are responsible for thousands of biological functions throughout the organs. It also impacts mood regulating hormones like dopamine and tryptophan, and it is extremely damaging to the gut microbiome. And the truth is, because it was designed to kill pests in the environment, and they actually used genetic modification of a bacteria DNA that survived Roundup, we actually see that it disrupts our microbiome and we actually have Roundup-ready gut microbes. So what that means is the microbes in our gut have adopted some of this DNA and have probably altered their function. And we still don't even come close to understanding that. But we have associated glyphosate use with leaky gut and leaky brain. Because if I have a leaky gut, I have a leaky brain barrier, which drives hundreds of other problems from everything from digestive to immune to neurological conditions. And it also alters the balance between pathogenic and beneficial bacteria in the gut, which is known as dysbiosis. And I've spent a significant amount of my time over the last several years in my PhD looking at the microbiome and their metabolites because that's part of my dissertation. So I can tell you that there's a lot of things going on with our gut and all of these chemicals I've been talking about today probably have a significant impact on their function as well. Um, We've also seen that that there is some correlation with the increased use of glyphosate and the growing rise of autism and other health concerns. That's probably multiplicity. It's not just one thing, but it may be playing a role. You know, so if we look at all of these threats, right, all of these chemicals I talked about today, and there are other ones, if we start looking at you know, food flavoring items and other things, what can I do to, to reduce my risk, right? So the first one is eat organic. Every time you can, if you can, eat organic. And if you're into gardening and you can garden your own stuff, even better, we need to take food and make it local. Your food shouldn't have better frequent fire miles than you. Eat fermented foods that help restore the microbiome. That's if you can, if you are not histamine intolerant. Apple cider vinegar actually may help break down some glyphosate. There is some science in, in, in um, it's showing that it may help break it down. So that may help. Um, So eating or having two shots of apple cider vinegar, either you can shoot it like you're in college or or put it in a little bit of water may help. And it's especially good right before meals and to eat sulfur rich foods and mineral rich foods, having sea salt and sulfur rich foods are going to be things like your onions and your onion family, the alum family and enjoy Epsom salt baths because Epsom salt baths are high in magnesium sulfate. So it helps be that sulfate donor that you need to help the sulfation process, which ladies, that's how you get rid of your used up funky hormones and your used up hormone like toxins called xenoestrogens and xenobiotics. Those have to go out and the preferred pathway is the sulfation pathway or otherwise known as transulfation. So Epsom salt baths are huge and supplementing with things like um, fulvic and humic acids or fulvic fulvic and humic acids biomass can help as well because it actually helps your body mobilize these out of the, the cell membrane and helps your body utilize minerals more clearly. So I hope you had a an enlightening uh podcast listening today. And I don't want to make, you know, a lot of times it almost feels like you're um in a situation where it feels futile. Like what am I going to do when this stuff is everywhere? Well, the truth is there's other toxins that we have in our foods like RBST, which is growth hormone that was given to pregnant cows to increase their milk production. And, you know, it was a small uprising early on that um, in Europe, they don't allow RBST, never have, but a small uprising uh, after Arpad Pustai brought up the dangers of RBST, particularly with fertility. Um Most of the milk manufacturers and the companies selling milk across the United States do not allow RBST. So when we start marching with our dollars and spending our dollars elsewhere in a different way, when companies feel the economic impact of our decision making, they will move because economy moves the world. And it doesn't take 50% of us to change our buying habits. The statistics are about 10 to 15%. If we shift and start buying organic and stop buying the trash that is in our food supply, it will change the entire system. So buying organic, filtering our water, distilling if you can, and cleaning up your cleaning products, your personal care products, and getting those toxins out of your environment will do a ton to help you, but it'll also help us help the planet by marching our dollars to a different tune and helping us remove these toxins from our environment permanently. So thank you for listening to This
1: Functional Life. Thank you so much for tuning into This Functional Life. You are why I'm here and I am so very grateful. You're here for a reason. I celebrate your commitment to claiming your youthful energy and stepping into this next phase of life, feeling vibrant, healthy, and powerful. I am so proud of you. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any wisdom on creating the most exceptional life on our terms. If this episode helped you in any way, please share it with a friend to spread the love and together we rise. You can follow me on social media at Betty Murray PhD, and if you want a chance to share your story with our tribe or find out more about working with my team, you can sign up at chatwithbetty.com slash podcast. Again, that's chatwithbetty.com slash podcast. See you next week. Bye bye.